0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the On Point Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Greg Locke, and we're going to talk today about faith, family, and politics. We always love having guests on our show, and because we have an action-packed guest today, we are going to jump right in and get started. So, ladies and gentlemen, today on the show, we have literally one of the most political geniuses that I have ever had the privilege of meeting in my life. Of course, I'm talking about Dinesh D'Souza. He is all over the internet and social media, and he has got a great platform, and a lot of people don't like this guy. And that's probably why I like him the most, because you can know a man by his enemies. And I want to welcome to the show today, Dinesh D'Souza. Thank you, sir, for being on On Point with Pastor Greg Locke today. It's my pleasure and looking forward to it. Listen, I, I said a couple of weeks ago on Twitter and uh, got a lot of pushback for it, which you're probably used to, that you are, in my estimation, one of the most brilliant filmmakers on the planet. I'm telling you, you have put out some stuff that is bold, but it's so historically accurate that the left is ticked off because they really they have no argument. And so they just go after your character every single time. Talk to us a little bit, maybe just about the how you got into the whole filmmaking idea. I know you have a brand new movie about to come out. We want to talk about that. And you just promote anything you want to on this show. The time is yours, my friend.
1: Well, for most of my career, I was um, in these uh, academic think tanks, the uh, American Enterprise Institute in D.C., and then the Hoover Institution at Stanford, and I was writing quasi-academic books, which were influential, but were reaching kind of a a narrow audience. Mm. Uh, Starting in 2012, I made my first documentary film. This was kind of on the the roots of Obama. What made Obama into the guy? What's the philosophy that drove Obama, and where did he get it? Um, and that movie was a huge success and it paved the way for me to do other uh, docudramas. Um, and we're about to release our fifth one, which is called Trump Card. Mm. And it's coming out October 9th. Now, I plan to release it in a thousand theaters nationwide, but the theaters are opening in a kind of a staged and spotty way. So we've decided to go straight to video on demand. We'll be on all the the major platforms from Apple iTunes to Google Play Amazon Prime, um, and so anyone in the country can watch it and watch it kind of on any device
0: or mm-hmm. on a
1: big screen TV, of course.
0: Wonderful. Well, we're going to make sure we're going to put that on lockmedia.org. We'll put that out on our Facebook and all of that because I want folks to see it. I remember the first time I sat in a theater and, and saw one of your movies, and I guess it was maybe one of the first ones that you had made. I sat there just in awe, and I thought, wow, this guy is an absolute historian. He knows what he's he's got his facts and it's just so hard to argue with. One of the things I want you to talk about, because uh, I told our church the other day when I knew that I was going to be interviewing you for the show, I said, you know, uh, Dinesh has this uncanny ability. You know, we heard you at AmpFest and my wife just sat there with her mouth open. She's like, wow, you couldn't argue with that guy. You wouldn't want to be in a debate with that guy. But one of the things that you are beautiful at doing is drawing an understanding that the Democratic Party And the Republican Party never had some kind of historical switch like we've heard in our public school systems. I want you to really just kind of talk about that for a moment, because we have been lied to. The Democrats have always been slave owners. They've always been the party of the KKK. And you brought that to such light that I think it really, really ticked off the people on the left. Talk to that just for a moment.
1: Well, let's think about the point of the big switch. The left has been pushing this narrative of the big switch, the idea that the parties switch sides. Now, why are they doing it? They're doing it because they know that the Democratic Party has committed most of the worst crimes of American history. When you lay out a sort of series of America did this and America did that, you know, America exterminated the Indians. America (laughs) had slave plantations. America had segregation. America had Jim Crow. No, no, no. America didn't do this. The Democrats did. They were the party of the Trail of Tears. They were the party of the slave plantation. They enacted all the Jim Crow laws of the American South. South. There's no exception to that rule. They started and revived the Ku Klux Klan. So they the left knows this. The progressive historians know this. So they need a get out of jail free card. They need a kind of a way to take all the bad things that they did and push them or flip them onto the other side. That's the point of asserting the big switch. And the core of the argument is that somehow the racist Democrats the Dixiecrats, so-called, all yeah. became Republicans. That's, that's <laughs> really what they need to clinch the case. The only problem with it is that it's a very easy empirical claim to check out. You just have to whip out your phone, look up the Dixiecrats. There are a couple of hundred of them in the House, in the Senate, some governors, and just ask how many of those guys, let's count, switched parties and became Republicans. And the answer is mm. exactly two. One guy in the House, one guy in the Senate, Strom Thurmond, uh, and all the other racist Dixiecrats lived and stayed and died and were lionized in the Democratic Party, um, sort of like Robert Byrd, mm. uh, who was a grand poobah of the Ku Klux Klan yeah. uh, and is to this day, you know, a mentor of many leading Democrats, including Hillary and Joe Biden. So uh, that's their history. They can't get out of it. But they desperately try. They use their dominance in academia and the media to push these fake narratives. And so it's kind of my uh, personal mission and delight uh, to expose them intellectually (laughs) in my books and then dramatize that in the movies. The movies are sort of an emotional narrative, but they're a way of reaching people who wouldn't stand in line to get one of my books in Barnes and Noble.
0: Gotcha. And you do a fabulous job at uh, dramatizing that. And uh, accurately and historically bringing it to light. Talk to us a minute about the whole BLM thing that we're seeing because people are so confused because it looks like the Democrats are really just doing the same thing. Uh, They just kind of sleight of hand because they're doing now what they've always done. And, of course, Trump and everybody else on the conservative side is getting all the pushback and all the hate from it. But they're the ones that are propagating, literally burning this nation to the ground. So kind of speak to the whole idea of Black Lives Matter, if you would.
1: Well, usually what what you have with Black Lives Matter, and this is true of the left in general, is they look for an opportunity to stoke racial division. Mm. Now, historically, socialists haven't done that. Uh, Socialists have tried to stoke class division, the division Mm. between the rich and the poor. That was what Marx was all about. But the problem is that the working class is quite conservative. Working class guys wanna own a nice house and have a nice car and sure. look after their families. They kinda of wanna join the, and benefit from the capitalist system. They don't wanna overthrow it. So the left has figured that out. They realize, listen, we're not gonna get very far with this class warfare, but race warfare is another thing because there mm-hmm. are deep roots of this in this country. So they look, for the op- they look opportunistically for an incident that allows them to capitalize. Now, if you look at, for example, the George Floyd killing, it's not even obvious that was about race. It might have been about a bad cop. And yeah. the normal answer to that would be, well, let's find some good cops. Let's get rid of the bad cops. But no, they say defund the cops. Why? Because they have a narrative that the cops inherently are racist and society is racist. And so they feel justified in walking to the a, a business owned by a guy who had nothing to do with the George Floyd killing and burning it to the ground. Even if the guy is a black-owned <laughs> business. Yeah. Um, so this is this shows you that their agenda is really not about Black Lives Matter. Uh, it's uh, ultimately an effort to use these incidents. To create a sort of social revolution and ultimately to force all of us to buckle under their thumb. I mean, that's why they're trying to go into neighborhoods, terrorize people in their homes, walk into restaurants, grab people and say, you know, you better make the, you you better raise your fist in solidarity with us. I mean, this is reminiscent of the Nazis, you know, doing the Heil Hitler salute, raise your swastika sign. You know, it's that kind of thing. And it's kind of chilling that that's come to America.
0: Yeah, it's it's come in full force and I'm just video after video after video. And you know, I I made the statement the other day and I and I really believe this and maybe speak to this. It doesn't cost anything to be a leftist in America, but it'll cost you everything to be a conservative, to really have some morals and some values, Democrats can do what they want and get away with it. Whereas when you and I stand up and say something, we're bigots, we're homophobic, we're racist, we're all of the identification tags that they give us. And it just it doesn't seem like you have to sacrifice anything to be a leftist or a liberal or a Democrat. But if you're a conservative, especially if you claim to be a conservative Christian, oh my goodness, you are the enemy almost immediately. Maybe speak to that for a moment. Are you seeing that in our culture? Well, for
1: sure. Now, I would go even further. So clearly, what you're pointing to is the fact that they want to make us into second class citizens. And that's true. Uh, Whenever we point to these double standards and say, look at the way this is covered in the media. I mean, take right now the riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, imagine if these riots were being perpetrated by a bunch of Trump guys wearing MAGA hats. Can you imagine the media reaction? So right there, you see that they're not about fairness or objectivity or any of that. They're, They're essentially a propaganda the machine the other thing is that not only are they immune they can do things that we can't but they actually get to uh score virtue points Mm. Uh, by taking a stand that they would not normally be entitled to. Take a guy like LeBron James, the great basketball player. So here's this guy, every day he's bloviating about Black Lives Matter. And I'm thinking to myself, why is he doing that? First of all, he's telling us about what happened with, you know, uh, Blake and the car. He wasn't there. He's sitting in his living room and kind of (laughs) pontificating about this. You know, did the guy have a gun? I don't think he did. Uh, Mm. And so on. But I, but I, I think something deeper is going on. LeBron James is a guy who makes $100 million a year. Right. Mm. So compare his situation with a white guy who makes fifty thousand dollars a year working in some blue collar job. Now, LeBron James can't explain why he makes two thousand times more than that guy (laughs) for dribbling a ball. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain that kind of inequality. So what does LeBron do? He changes the lens in the camera. He goes, listen, let's not talk about class. Let's talk about race. Because you, the white guy, are privileged. You have white privilege. I don't, because a cop could stop me anytime. A cop could frisk me and even shoot me, and he's not going to do that to you. Now, we know that that's nonsense. Uh, that's mm-hmm. actually not true. But what LeBron is very cleverly doing is by, by playing the race card on the white guy, he gets to play the victim and act like this poor white guy who doesn't even have anything like the lifestyle that he does owes him. So he gets <laughs> to ultimately claim moral superiority, even though here's a guy living at a level of luxury that the rest of the country... Country can hardly even dream of.
0: Oh my goodness, you're you're so correct on that. And speaking of paying a price, uh, tell our viewers and our listeners. I mean, you actually got arrested over your, you know, vocalness against Obama and the whole corrupt administration some years ago. How, how did that all come about? I know some people know a little bit about it, but I want to hear it right from the guy that was there.
1: Well, very simply, you know i um, a college friend of mine was running for the Senate in New York, and I'm an immigrant. you know, I arrived on the Dartmouth campus at the age of eighteen, and so I fell in with a group of conservatives, and later, one of them decided to run for the Senate, so I, you know she's like, "Can you help my campaign?" So I gave her ten thousand dollars and then, in a kind of moment of overzealousness, I told two of my friends, "Listen, you know you guys guys give her ten grand and I'll reimburse you." so yeah. I exceeded the campaign finance law now. No American who uh, has been prosecuted, let alone locked up, for doing what I did a first time offense. I had nothing to gain, no quid pro quo, none of that. So, normally you get a warning and a fine, Dinesh, don't do it again. But in this case, I ticked off Obama because I just (laughs) a few weeks earlier released a movie. Um, And people say, Well, Dinesh, you know, how do you know that the president even cared about your dumb movie and so on? Well, I know because. Every day, my movie was being attacked on a website called barackobama.com. So I had reason to suspect that one Barack Obama might be behind this. Uh, mm. And so I think what happened is he put Holder and his attack dogs on me, and they assigned 10 FBI agents to the case. Uh, it was ridiculous. They they unleashed the full force of the federal government on me. I served eight months overnight in a, in a confinement center right outside of San Diego. Wow. Uh, fortunately, at the end of the day, I got a pardon from Trump, which cleared mm. my record. Uh, so I'm sort of back in business. Uh, I'm probably one of the few ex-felons in America <laughs> uh, today because my record's now clean. I can vote. Yeah. I can own a gun. Uh, so I'm delighted to have my rights back. And the left is a little discombobulated because they thought they got me, but they didn't. <laughs>
0: I can imagine they are discombobulated, but that's all right. We're in good company. I have Roger Stone at our church this weekend, and I'm telling you, they've already vandalized our church. Uh, They've threatened to burn it down. We've got so many protesters coming out, but, you know, he recently went to a a Franklin Graham crusade and uh, had a conversion experience with Christ, and I'm going to have him come and share his testimony. And people are just start raving crazy mad and psychotic that I'm willing to have Roger Stone at our church and preach alongside of him. And so, you're in good company, man, man. I appreciate what you're doing. You are just I mean, you're knocking it out of the park. I mean, you are literally an American hero right now. You are bringing things to light that nobody wants to talk about. And so I want to be very respectful of your time. So I want to end with just two things. I want you to uh, segue back in a few moments. Let them know again about the movie and about the book and where we can find you, know, all your socials. But segueing into that, tell us about you mentioned Trump. J- just let our, our viewers and listeners know. How important this election is. I I think, I mean, we're one election away from losing everything from all of us going to jail if we're going to speak the way that we are. And so just let our our listening base understand. I mean, 25 million evangelicals not even registered to vote. I mean, that is so nonsensical to me. Just tell our folks how important this election is in your mindset, the landscape that you see. And then just kind of let us know again about the movie.
1: Well, the. The American dream really hangs in the balance on this one. I know it's customary for people to say this generally, but I think it's true that the Democratic Party and the left has become gangsterized. Mm -hmm. It's not just gangsterized at the street level and unleashing these paramilitary gangs. We've never seen anything like this in my lifetime, not in this country. We saw it in Europe in the 20s and 30s with Mussolini, with the early Nazi party. Uh, But it's now this kind of street thuggery has now become normalized. And it's clear that it's being done with the at least tacit approval of the Democratic Party. But the gangsterization of the Democratic Party is much more serious because it's occurring at the level of the so-called deep state. And by the deep state, I mean the police agencies of the government, the FBI, the CIA, the IRS, the DOJ. They're supposed to be neutral. They're supposed to enforce the law. But no, they're using their power at the top to go after political opponents, to try to silence people and mm-hmm. and ultimately even overturn the 2016 election. So there's no stopping these people and try to imagine what they would do if you give them power. Uh, <laughs> if you put them in charge of the Congress and the White House and the court, it'll be open season on Christians yeah. and open season uh, on conservatives. So for this reason, uh, now the good thing I think with Trump is that he recognizes the fact that we have to fight fire with fire. And Mm -hmm. it's true that there's a certain namby Pambiness which says, oh, why are we doing it that way? Why don't we all write op-eds calling for more civility and so on? That's not gonna do it. It's very similar to Lincoln in the 1850s. He realized the Democratic Party had become gangsterized uh, Mm -hmm. and you have to fight fire with fire. Uh, Otherwise, they're going to overrun you and otherwise they're going to, in Lincoln's words, enslave the whole country. And that's ultimately, I think, what their agenda is. So the Democratic Party in this respect has not changed. Then they wanted to enslave the blacks. But now I think they want to enslave all of us.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, (laughs) without a doubt. Tell us one more time about the movie, my friend, and uh, when it's coming out and where we can find you on all of your socials, website and all of that. And we'll let you be going.
1: So the book is uh, the movie is called Trump Card. It's coming out October 9th. You can actually go to trumpcardthemovie.com, sign up for movie updates, but it'll be available on all platforms. Uh, if you go to my website, just DineshD'Souza.com, you can sign up for my social media. The book is United States of Socialism. It's available mm-hmm. everywhere. Amazon, yep. barnesandnoble.com, Walmart, wherever you want to buy a book you can get. It. You can also get an audible. I actually read the book myself, which is kind of cool. So you can hear me uh, deliver the book in my own voice.
0: Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Lord willing, I'm going to see you at Amp Fest down in Miami at the Trump Doral. And thank you so much for being on the show. I know uh, people are going to love this. They're going to gobble it up. And thank you for being a patriot, man. You are an American and you're a hero. And thank you so very much. And I'm glad to have a new friend on the front line. So God bless you, Dinesh. Thanks for being here today. Thank you very much
2: that was an incredible interview that was
0: super cool there's no doubt about it i like the guy i really do i mean we sat there and listened to him at amp fast and i thought man this dude is not someone that i want to get in a debate with he is just he's smart he's smart yeah absolutely. yeah he just knows his facts but the left really does hate this guy they absolutely hate him. if you don't follow dinesh D'Souza on twitter then you need to okay i'm telling you this guy burns it up everywhere he goes He's and, made some great movies.
2: Well, the Hillary's Hillary's America was oh, yeah. one of the greatest movies, I've, documentaries I've ever watched. Yep. And then to see how the left went after him because he uh, released that film, yeah. was incredible. I mean, the proof's in the pudding, people. You can see that if you say one thing or make one false move towards the left that exposes him in any way, yep. you might be suicided or you might be thrown in federal prison. Yeah, but, you know, suicided. that's just my opinion. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, you're yeah.
0: exactly right. I mean, you cannot uncover their narrative, and once you break, you know,
2: with their narrative, then you're a target. And, it's
0: uh, crazy. He's definitely a
2: target. That's all they've been doing. And if anybody's smart and intelligent out there, they have to know what's going on. As yep. soon as Trump wins, starts calling people out. I mean, half America was asleep before yep. 2016. Then he started calling out the fake news, and people started doing their homework. And they're like, yep. "Wait, this guy's onto something." If you see what they did to his team. They went after each one of them. Not, nobody is perfect on taxes. Nobody right. You might forget a receipt. You might do something. You might not know because it's such a complicated thing. Yeah. And they're going to get you on it. Of Just course they're going to get gonna you on it. Roast you, bro, and then call you a crook and a criminal. That's you know what's, you know who does that too. The devil. He's the yeah, accuser. He, he's the he, accuser of the brethren. If he can mess up your reputation, and Greg, you know this firsthand. Yep. Exactly. If he can come after you in any little way, find a little chink in the army, whether it be you or somebody you're associated with, he'll do whatever he can to slam you so he can keep people going to hell.
0: And it's so full of hypocrisy because if we dug into their lives, they're crooked as a barrel of fish hooks, lower down than a snake's navel in a wagon track. See their web browser. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous calling us out for things that they're doing themselves. Uh, Jesus said uh, uh, that they put burdens on people that they themselves do not even labor under. Make them twofold more a child of hell, Jesus said in Matthew 23. So I don't know, it's just stupid. But the thing I like about the guy when you see the video part of it, he like never even had to take a thought. I mean, he didn't even breathe. He didn't even blink. I'd ask him a question. Bam. He'd
2: just jump right in. He's just a genius. He knows what he's talking about. Well, yeah, because that's he's, why people are ticked off. He's hundred percent convicted and he stands on a solid ground. Sounds like somebody I know. Hey, Pastor Greg Locke. Bam, bam, bam. Yes, so, sir. Yeah. So man, I mean, if you listen, a lot of times people aren't, uh, what I would say, solid state people or yeah. people that are just, you know, they're standing on a solid foundation is yeah. because they're too afraid and. For people like you and Dinesh, people who stand on truth, they move forward in it. People are attracted to that. Yeah, sure. They they desire that for themselves.
0: Well, most people, whether they're political pundits or pastors or whatever, they, they pander to their crowd. And so they say what sounds good when everybody's in them. Oh yeah. But I'm the kind of guy, you can be throwing tomatoes and rocks at me and I'm still going to say it because I don't really care. <laughs> well, we saw that in lockdown when yep. some of
2: the pastors lost their crowds yeah, and then they were just like, they didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to preach to the camera, bro. <laughs> they, they, were they were stuttering they were, around, pokey pigs in the, the, the <laughs> uh, Yeah, because they're, they're in it for the wrong reasons. Yep. And this is my encouragement. And this is something I've been working on to anybody that's out there. You know, Standing on solid ground, standing on truth. It doesn't matter if it's popular or unpopular. You have to stand on it and you have to be absolute in it and yeah. resolute with it. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's 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 what makes great Americans. Yeah. That's what makes pillars. And I'm telling you this, pillars are dying. Yeah. There's hardly any are. pillars in society anymore where they actually stand up for something. Everybody can look over there and say, now that is somebody we can depend on.
0: Yeah, even yeah. if we don't like what he's saying, wow, at least he's saying it.
2: Yeah, he stands for sta- something. Yeah, he Makes yeah. good
0: Christians too, you know, First Corinthians 15, 58. Be steadfast, unmovable, okay? Yeah. That's what we gotta be. We have to Solid be steadfast rock. and unmovable. All the foundations are being destroyed these days, but that's all right. Well, I got a message coming in on my phone asking me about the vandalism at our church. Will you please comment? So I'll have to hop off the podcast and comment about vandalism at the church. People that do stuff like this are ignorant. Oh, okay. It's crazy, man. Okay, they're stupid. That's, I'll just say it. They're, they're, <laughs> the Bible calls it brutish. Okay. Yeah, and then you gotta spend the next four weeks answering questions about it. I know. Oh well, we're just gonna keep on, keep on, keep on. They can paint what they want to, but uh We're going to paint the town for Jesus. Amen. And conservative politics. Amen. That's right. Trump 2020. Well, folks, you have heard it right here today. Dinesh D'Souza. We've got a lot of action-packed guests coming along. And when we don't have action-packed guests, we have action-packed Lock and Lane. Woo! That's pretty action-packed right there. Amen. So come back for more Faith, Family, and Politics on On Point with Pastor Greg Lock. We love you guys. We'll see you real soon.